0: podcast about healthcare ethics and practice, presented by the Nova Scotia Health Ethics Network, or NSHEN. I'm Marika Warren, Network Ethicist for NSHEN, and I'll be your host for this discussion. I'm joined today by Teresa Hawksworth, who is a Director, External Relations and Special Projects with Nova Scotia Health. Recently, Ethics Nova Scotia Health has been collaborating with Patient Relations, which Teresa leads, and some interesting questions have come up in our discussions around how to respond to people who have significant concerns about how they or their loved ones have been treated. It seems that there can sometimes be a tension that arises between honouring that person's experience and perspective while also ensuring a safe work environment for those who are doing intake and response. And so I'm curious to hear in this conversation about how those values are weighed against each other. So maybe to start us off, Teresa, you could give us sort of a quick overview of some of the expectations that are in place for those who contact patient relations and why it was necessary to develop some of those expectations.
1: Sure, thanks, Marika, for having me. Um, I think it might be important just to start off with a little bit of explanation about the role of patient relations in within Nova Scotia Health. The patient relations team is responsible for receiving and managing feedback from patients and families about uh, the services, care, and programs that are operated by Nova Scotia Health. So that includes both compliments and concerns. When there are concerns about a or service provided, the team works with the feedback provider and with the care team to try and facilitate and coordinate resolution to those concerns. So we make sure that we have appropriate uh, consent from the patient and family. We document the concerns in our patient feedback module so that it can flow to the appropriate team for review. And then we work with the care team to follow up to provide a response to the feedback provider so as you can appreciate people are coming to us with a variety of uh, questions and concerns and there's a lot of emotion tied up in that so maybe grief fear anger that's a natural part of we accept that we understand that it's pretty natural when you're talking about your own health or your loved one's health so Our job really is we want people to feel respected and heard, and we use a variety of um, techniques and strategies to do that. You probably know about the Respond and Start with Heart program that's offered within Nova Scotia Health, and that's really about providing a listening ear, making sure people uh, are acknowledged. Uh, We apologize when appropriate. We problem solve with patients and families to try and figure out exactly what they want from uh, contacting patient relations. We acknowledge anger and emotion. Uh, It is a natural part of um, that feedback process. And then we try and refocus the conversation to something productive. Sometimes that emotion can become problematic. It might escalate into verbal abuse, hostility, threatening, behavior, or violence. Uh, That can manifest itself in a variety of ways. Maybe hostility, personal attacks, threats of violence against staff. And in those situations, you know, we would end the conversation and encourage people to uh, contact us when they're able to have a more constructive conversation. We also need to evaluate at that time what the safety risk is for other people in the organization. Most of our conversations are by phone, obviously, uh, right now, given COVID. So we can end a conversation, but that doesn't end our responsibility. I think we may consult with a safety officer. We might alert uh, leaders in the organization that is rare. Um, So I think there are a variety and a lot of steps we take to try and work with patients and families and care teams to resolve escalating concerns before they reach that point.
0: Yeah, so I'm hearing there's sort of a real, you know, emphasis on sort of that validation and sort of respect and acknowledgement. And And do you find in a lot of the conversations where it, it starts with a concern, perhaps even a significant concern that, sort like say, in most cases, is that you know, sufficient to bring folks to a place where they can engage in a sort of a solution-oriented conversation or a sort of a problem-solving process?
1: Yeah, in, in most cases, that is actually what happens. The patient relations team is quite skilled and knowledgeable in those techniques, and they have a lot of competencies about helping people navigate the system, finding information that people need or want, helping connect them to the right programs and services, um, and, you know, problem solving with what is possible within a resolution.
0: So, I'm curious, Teresa, just about some of the types of calls that you might get, not in terms of specifics, but just sort of what are some of the the themes just to get a flavor of you know where some of the the concerns are coming from, and you know what some of the feelings that might be associated with those could be?
1: Yeah, very wide ranging. you know, everything from someone disagreeing with a policy or a procedure. Uh, that's in place within the health system. We saw that a lot during COVID with uh, family presence policies and masking and vaccination requirements, for example. For some, it's about access to care. You know, they may be concerned or worried because a procedure or surgery was delayed or postponed. And then, you know, also people have concerns about the service care or treatment while in a Nova Scotia health facility. They may not feel that they or their loved one received appropriate attention and care, everything from, you know, nourishment to personal care and hygiene to, you know, the quality of care and attitudes of of staff. So, very very wide ranging.
0: So, yeah, so in those sort of, you know, those rare occasions where again, it, it becomes a situation where there's concern about potential harms to others in the organization. How do you sort of find that balance between, again, sort of, you know, honoring and respecting the person and their concerns um, and sort of approaching, you know, to actually like you say with the, you know, respond and start from heart and, you know, with a trauma-informed perspective while also recognizing that, you know, a patient relations role can be challenging for team members and sort of having those sort of safe workplace concerns as well. So is that a sort of set of tensions that you work together sort of as a team or, you know, as a leader? Is that something that you've worked with sort of other leaders in the organization to develop? So what was sort of the process of coming to to define that balance and supporting your team members?
1: Yeah, I think it's quite fluid. I think when we think of harms, we think of both physical and the mental health and wellness of really everyone involved. So the people who are calling as well as my team members in patient relations and the care team members we're working with. So anger is an understandable and to some degree an acceptable emotion among frustrated patients and families. And at the same time, staff safety and well-being are paramount when dealing with threats of violence, aggression, or hostility. So in terms of um, working together, part of our job is really to be clear about what the process is, to set expectations and boundaries and timelines and what we can and can't do and to be really clear about that. One of my team members often says to be clear is to be kind and I think when we really help manage expectations and are and are really clear upfront with people about what the timelines and process is going to look like and what patient relations is able and not able to do and what people can expect from the process. It really does go a long way towards, I'm going to use the word de-escalating, the um, emotions that people are feeling. In many cases, people just want to be heard. They want to know that their feedback is being heard and listened to by the care teams and that something will be done and it will be acted upon. So we serve as a bit of a buffer sometimes between the care teams and that initial call can be very difficult. Um, we understand that and so we allow that to some extent to happen and then my team really has processes in place to support each other. We, you know, we debrief after difficult calls. We. Um, huddle very often to talk about coping and and, um, strategies for dealing with those types of calls. But really our focus is on discussing how we can move forward together, both with the patient and the family and with the care team, to try and find a satisfactory resolution to the concerns We focus a lot on quality improvement within the team, and we're always looking for opportunities for either improvement at a very um, basic level, whether that's a communication tool or technique, a resource that we can provide to the patient and feedback provider or to the care team. And we also look at system improvement overall. We try and identify patterns or trends. And then we work with uh, care teams to identify opportunities to prevent the same types of Uh, concerns coming forward in the future. Obviously, that's not always possible. And there are system issues that can't, you know, that aren't going to be addressed easily. But we're always have an eye for system improvement. And I think that helps the team really focus their strategies on what we can do for individuals and for the system.
0: And it sounds like there's there's a lot of attention to to context in that work and sort of, again, the importance of respond to a particular situation, but again, also tying it into you know, sort of broader structures and processes, which is something that we see often in, in ethics work as well, that you know, each case is unique in certain ways, but there's also definitely those sort of themes and trends that we're able to identify and, and work in. So I see a lot of parallels there between sort of the what you're doing and, again, how you're balancing sort of all of the the concerns and the values coming from everyone involved in a way that helps to really foster that collaboration um, towards you know broader changes and sort of avoiding a similar call in the future. Switch gears a little bit, but still focusing on that sort of context piece. I'm wondering if you see differences in terms of some of those expectations when patients and loved ones contact patient relations compared to when they're receiving care. So thinking about you know there's the patient and family uh, rights and responsibilities document and wondering if, sort of, you know, given the, the context of patient relations and, you know, the potential for concerns coming there, if there's some different expectations in place, just again, sort of because of the sort of work that you're doing, or whether that's something that you do draw on when you're thinking about what are some of those boundaries around sort of what we, we can, you know, work with and where we have to sort of
1: end that call. Yeah, to be clear, we are not a clinical service in any way. So we don't provide or direct care. We don't order tests or make referrals, but we are certainly committed to treat patients and families with dignity and respect, which you know I think is, is very um, similar to our care teams. And we expect the same thing, so clear communication, courtesy, compassion, again, being clear about what we can and can't do, but we are a support service. We, we want to ensure the patient and family's voice is heard and shared. We can explain a policy or process. We can answer questions. We can help people navigate to the right service. And we believe that everyone who contacts us deserves to be treated with fairness and respect. And we expect the same thing in return. But making sure that uh, we approach each call with calmness, respect, impartiality, and professionalism goes a long way. And I think that is very similar to the interactions that our patients deserve and expect when they're Interacting with the clinical service within Nova Scotia Health.
0: So again, sort of you know, looking at uh, that sort of process piece and drawing some parallels with the work that we do in ethics. So there's sometimes when the particulars of a case are ones that you know maybe resonate, especially with our own experiences in our lives, and sometimes we have to you know recognize that that affects our ability to respond in the ways that you know the requester needs for a particular ethics question and so you know we'll sort of ask ask our colleagues can you take this one because I'm not I'm not the ethics support person that can you know can do this for whatever reason. And so do you have similar processes in inpatient relations when sort of the calls come in as they're sort of you know taken in and then assigned to different leaders so that sort of the right call gets to the right person, as well as to you know prevent potential harms to everyone involved by sort of it not uh, going to the right person?
1: Yeah, I think the process only works when our team members are able to be objective, treat each person fairly. And approach each situation with impartiality. So, if for any reason a team member identifies that they are not able to do that with a specific situation, either they have a you know a conflict, they have maybe have a personal uh, connection to something, maybe they've experienced a similar situation with the healthcare system or someone they love has, and if they identify that, we certainly have processes that another team member can jump in and take on that file. Uh, We also have lots of uh, mechanisms in the team to support each other, both in the moment um, and on an ongoing basis. Uh, We have regular huddles to brainstorm complex cases. We have a A bit of a a team conversation going that if someone needs support in a moment to contact another service, uh, which we have done with the mental health crisis line, for example, to bring them into a call, we have done that. Um, So we have lots of mechanisms within the team to support each other and ensure that we're able to fulfill our responsibilities of managing a file with the attention and care it deserves.
0: Yeah, it strikes me again. there's sort of complex pieces around those sort of ethics considerations, where you're looking to processes both sort of to manage some of those interactions with you know, folks who call in, but also within the team uh, as well. And you know, it seems to. Um, again, speak to the sort of commitment to values amongst, you know, that team that, uh, you know, that they're reflected in both of those places. So there's, there's a bunch of things I'd love to pick up on, but we're running out of time. So, you know, to bring our discussion to a close, I'm wondering if you could tell us sort of based on your work with patient relations, you know, that what, what makes it complicated when you're trying to work on sort of those expectations for folks who are contacting
1: patient relations? I'd say in a word, emotion. I mean, healthcare care and health is so personal, and it's so deeply important to us as individuals and for the people we love. And so when people call us, not always, but often, it's because they have a concern about their own care or someone they love. Um, and there's a lot of feeling tied up in that. Unfortunately, not all of the concerns that patients and families come to us with, with can be resolved to their satisfaction. You know, we don't always have answers that people like. We're not always able to fix the things that they would like to fix. And that's hard. So we just really need to focus on controlling our emotional reaction, being a listening ear to people, making sure that their voice and perspective is heard and shared, and look for opportunities where we can Make improvements or make a difference to that patient and/or family in terms of how they feel about their interaction with the with the system.
0: I think that's a really lovely way to uh, to close out and really sum up uh, a lot of the conversations. so I want to thank you, Teresa for sharing your expertise and your thoughtful reflections as well as for the work that you and your team are doing in patient relations. We should also thank the production support that we get as a podcast from Lisbeth Vithulf-Nielsen, Kristin meleschko Skary, and the team at Dalhousie Med IT. We thank Ben Caps for our theme music, and we thank you for listening. Please feel free to contact Enchen through our website with any feedback you have, including ideas for future episodes. Until next time. <laughs>